Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today we're going to be talking with Cindy Lewis, and Cindy is with Sterling Associates. She's a marine finance specialist, and she's one of our go-to people when we have questions about the marketplace for marine lending. So we're going to talk a little bit today how the current economic environment and the coronavirus has changed things, if it's changed things, with obtaining a loan to purchase your Great Loop boat. So before we get started, I do want to take a moment, as I usually do, to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes and Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, Waterway Guide Media. We encourage all of our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that out of the way, Cindy Lewis, thanks for joining us again on Great Loop Radio. Thank you for having me, Kim. It's always a pleasure, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to share the information with your listeners. Yeah, and if you listened last week, you know that we had Curtis Stokes on, and Curtis was talking about kind of this the state of the boating market with all of the changes everyone's been going through with the coronavirus. And uh, because it's a timely topic and because a lot of the current loopers aren't doing as much moving of the boat as they normally would, we figured we'd kind of continue down that line of kind of helping the people who are still in the planning stage or maybe still in the dreaming stage with figuring out what to do next if they're still in the market for their Great Loop boat. So, of course, for many, financing is a huge piece of that. So uh, to start with, Cindy, tell us, are the banks still lending? Um, yes, Kim. It's really business as usual with the banks, um, although things are a little slow and a lot of the uh, underwriters and decision makers are working from their homes. Uh, the banks are still lending and are still very active in the recreational finance side of things. Um, we do get that question often. It's often one of the first uh, questions when someone calls me, you know, are the banks still lending, you know, with the Wall Street going up and down and the coronavirus, what's happening? But they're still in business to do business, and they're lending, and, uh, you know, it's pretty much business as usual from our standpoint. Maybe things take an extra day or two because of slim staff, but uh, they're still in business and, and ready to help you buy your boat. Well, and that is definitely good to hear. One of the things that Curtis brought up that I wasn't aware of prior to my conversation with him last week um, is that there's a lot of assumptions that because the Fed has dropped the interest rates so low that that would filter down to boat loans. Curtis was explaining right. that that's, that's not really the case, so tell a, us about that. Right, correct, correct. That's, that's, you know, the phone rings and our bank's still lending and did my rate drop. And what, what happens is in the recreational market, we don't react to the Federal Reserve moving rates like that. Uh, if they react, it's usually two or three months out. So rates have trickled down a little bit. We're in the, the low to mid 4% range for most transactions. And, uh, you know, 20 year terms if it's over 100,000. Uh, 15 year terms if it's under that, and the rates are a little higher. So rates are still low. It's still a good time to borrow money, but no, rates did not drop down to one and a half or two percent. And uh, our cost of funds and the recreational market is higher than the mortgage funds. And these banks want to remain profitable. So if business slows down, which we know it will a bit this year, if business slows down, they need to remain profitable. And we, 
need to keep people on staff. So they're not rushing to, to lower rates, mm-hmm. and they kind of don't need to. So uh, it's still pretty much, you know, I'm getting calls for people that want to refinance, but you know, if they're if they're at four and a quarter, we can't really help them because that's where the rates are. You know, maybe a little bit less, but again, rates did not go down with the Fed drop. If they do go down, it will be over a period of time before they do. Okay, and that's interesting. I think that's something that a lot of people may not realize. Um, the other thing that, uh, of course, there's been significant changes for some in their businesses. So, uh, you know, is more information being required than usual from the banks? You know, for example, if somebody's in a business, a, a close contact type of business, like in the hospitality field or, um, you know, all the gyms are, of course, closed. Are people in certain businesses being asked for more information since their business may have changed drastically in the past 30 days? Um, I, I'm not really seeing that, although and this doesn't necessarily apply to, to looper boats, but, you know, we do have some banks that do stated income loans, and those are typically for the smaller purchases, newer boats, maybe your, you know, 22 to 25-foot weekender type boat. And quite often uh, a stated income loan might fit. Uh, they're definitely requiring proof of income and, you know, two or three recent paychecks and things like that to make sure people are still employed. Um, but they're not really requiring any more than normal. Your, you know, basic financials, tax returns, you know, a proof of what you say you have in the bank. It's pretty much business as usual. But some of our stated income programs are, are tightening up a little bit. And but otherwise, it's really not nothing different than it was a month ago. Tell us about stated income. Is that just simply that you're telling them what your income is and there's no documentation required? Correct, correct. You don't have to supply tax returns or a pay stub. Um, they'll they'll just go with what you put on paper. It's kind of like when you go to buy a car. Uh, cars are not cheap anymore. You give them the finance guy your driver's license and your social security number, and he runs your credit, and he sees that you're good, and then you get your car loan. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same way with the stated income for the smaller loans in, in the boating world. They are asking for proof of income a little bit more and maybe not loaning quite as much as they, they were six weeks ago. Uh, they've cut back their, their maximum loan amount for a stated loan. But again, that really doesn't apply too much to the to the looper boats, only because they're more expensive, and some typically the boats are a little bit older. So we're going to different banks for those um, those type of approvals. Mm-hmm. So a lot of industries are pretty well tailored, or even already accustomed to having employees work from home. Um, mm-hmm. Some of us are having to adjust to that a little more than others. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting here in my yoga pants and a T-shirt, which if I was at my office, that would not be the case. But I am at home and adapting to that like everybody else. Um, yeah. But so for the loan business, for the underwriters, um, it seems that they could probably efficiently do their jobs at home if they've been set up for that. Are you <coughs> seeing delays? Are you seeing changes in, in the, the way that process is working as people adapt to kind of a, a different way of working? Well, um, my parent company, my home office is in a small town in central Massachusetts. It's kind of a Mayberry type of town. And we are owned by a, a small savings and loan. And they're working around things like kids that don't have school and staff members that have kids that are, you know, grade school and junior high age that may need some supervising. So they're kind of working, uh, shifting around hours and working around schedules, you know, sharing the, the parent responsibility. Uh, the 
security systems um, can sometimes be a challenge to to set up in somebody's home, but you know we we have that we have staff working at home. Uh, sometimes we don't make up loan papers; uh, the bank itself does, and the banks are a little behind because they're short staffed. So if we order a set of loan papers from a bank that makes them up, normally it's a 24-hour turnaround process, but they're about two or three days behind right now. So everybody has to kind of take a breath and get used to a different way of working, but they're still working business as usual. It's just with a little bit of slimmer staff. So, um, and sometimes, uh, you know, we have special printers and, and software to print up loan documents and that can't really be done at home. It has to be done on the printers and the, the machines that we have in our home office. But again, for us, uh, you know, we have local people, they're in every day, maybe not all day, but, you know, we're, we're moving things through business as usual. I would imagine other lenders are, are kind of operating the same way mm-hmm. and uh, kind of making it work as, as, as we all are. You know, we go to the grocery store and, you know, we don't have the choices that, that we're, we were used to a month ago. So, but we make it work. You know, you, you might not get your roll of paper towels today, but you might get it tomorrow. So um, you, know, you might not get your favorite brand of yogurt, but it'll be there next week. So we're, we're all kind of adapting, and I think we're sort of adapting the same way and just uh, being a little patient, building in some time to an extra time to turn around the paperwork. And, you know, people aren't really stressing out that they're going to miss a weekend. I think they're grateful that they can use their boats because in some places uh, the, the boating's been limited or shut down. And ramps are shut down and, you know, the waterways are not able to be used. Um, here in Maryland, they shut that down So yesterday. So, um, you know, we're all adapting. And uh, I think people are, are grateful that they're getting their boats and being a little bit more patient because it's just the way we all have to be right now. Right. And I think we're all getting good at exercising that patience. Um, and, you know, in all reality, a few days delay in the paperwork is probably not significant for most. Have you seen any Correct. closings that have had to be been delayed or any uh, contracts to purchase that have had to have, you know, an, an amendment added to account for a delayed closing? Well, I have several people that are under contract that had surveys scheduled for the past couple of weeks that have pushed it out another four to six weeks. And that that's, I think, fairly common for for me and for the brokers out there that um, scheduling surveys further out, extending contracts past the normal 30 to 45 days. I, I think that's commonplace now. There's a lot of unknown with what yards are going to be open, where can we get the survey done and the boat hauled, where's the boat now, does it need to be moved and can it be moved. There's so many unknowns that people are are just pushing it out. I have not had anybody with an approval cancel a, a purchase. I had one gentleman who had not gone to contract. He got an approval and he said, I'm going to put it on hold. He said, it's the boat of my dreams, but I think it'll be there, but I need to take a breath and wait until all this settles out before I, I make my offer and, and put the boat under contract. So there's there's a little bit of that and it's certainly understandable. Uh, I would say, you know, I have more people on pause and not really anybody that's canceled right now. Right. Well, that's so it's good. They're, they're, they're still positive. Some people are, you know, they've told me they're seriously shopping, but they can't travel. And if they're going to go look at boats, they want to look at more than one boat and, you know, make it, make it a full focused effort on finding the right boat. And it's going to take travel and it'll take time and, and nobody's traveling right now. 
Although airfare was pretty cheap. I was just talking to a broker and he said it, it was like $13 to fly down to someplace in the Carolinas, $13 each way. Wow. Because they yeah. need to keep the, the planes full. And he said, he said, airport's the safest place to be. He says, nobody's there. So, yeah, that's, you know, um, unless there's any of the uh, the virus sticking around from a few weeks ago when the airports were crowded, now's a great time, apparently, to be in yeah. those. I haven't traveled myself. But yeah, travel is cheap. In fact, those who are moving their boats are finding some, you know, great prices on fuel. Um, so there's a lot of loopers who have their boats already that are kind of weighing their options, you know, sheltering in place right. is probably still a, a great option because of all of the closures and the uncertainty that comes with a state like Maryland or Virginia um, closing non-essential businesses. For the most part, we are seeing marinas are open um, with the exception right. maybe of municipal marinas. Um, but at the same time, if your mission on your great loop is to explore and enjoy and see everything, that's the challenge. Right. If you're moving the boat, um, there's not much you can do when you get to a port because you're really kind of hunkered down in place. So certainly uh, different and interesting times, but I think this is a good place to stop for a moment and take a break and play a message okay. from one of our sponsors. Um, and we'll come okay. back with a, a few more points to touch on before we wrap up. So we'll be back in a moment. Okay. The new MJM-50Z is the most technologically advanced production motor yacht available. First worldwide to incorporate a Seakeeper gyro stabilizer as standard equipment to virtually eliminate roll in waves underway or at anchor. And in June 2015, the first to include fully opening power windshields for control of fresh airflow. MJMs are unique in the industry, built of environmentally clean, stronger and lighter epoxy compounds composites in the USA. Owner benefits are significant. A smaller carbon footprint with 50 to 100 percent better fuel efficiency. A top speed with optional triple IPS 600s of 40 knots and crews of 35 knots. A more responsive, enjoyable driving experience and greater safety offshore. For more information, visit them on the web at www.mjmyachts.com. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Cindy Lewis. Uh, Cindy is with Sterling Associates, and she is a marine lending expert. And she's filling us in on the status of marine lending in light of COVID-19 and everything that um, everyone is dealing with in terms of working differently and the uncertainty in the marketplace. Um, so, Cindy, any comments about kind of the overall state of the market? Have uh, things slowed down significantly, or are there still people looking for boats and looking to borrow funds? Well, I, I can honestly say my phone's been ringing steadily. Um, people are very serious about buying boats. They understand that, you know, they might have to wait a, another month or so to get everything closed up, wrapped up, and surveyed. But there's still boat buyers out there of all sizes. Uh, I, I have, you know, people that I talked to six months ago reaching out. Maybe it's because they have more time right now, but they're really serious again. So. I, my business is pretty steady, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I, I think we're busy in our home office. We have 12 sales reps and, and three guys that work out of the home office, and they're busy. So that's, it's good. Uh, I talked to the Coast Guard documentation agents. They're busy. Uh, the insurance people are busy finding new coverage. Um, I know one of the insurance agents did say that he's having a little bit of heartburn because he's got customers in the Bahamas that can't leave. And they're worried about leaving the Bahamas and heading north with their insurance deadlines. Of course, it's mostly June 1st, but 
you know, we blink our eyes and June will be here. So I know there's been a little bit of uh, insurance challenges, but um, the insurance companies are binding coverage. Uh, people are calling. Uh, the banks are lending. Um, I just got a notice uh, this morning that one of our lenders is uh, allowing 60 days to the first payment. So normally when we close on a loan, we it's 30 days until your first payment is due. They're extending it to 60 days. So that, that says a lot that they're in business to lend money for boat purchases. And, you know, if you're having trouble, we understand it's probably temporary and we'll give you 60 days for your first payment instead of 30. So that's, that's good, good information. Plus these approvals too, when we get a pre-approval, they're good for 60 to 90 days and renewing an approval is very easy to do. So, um, you know, that's, that's commonplace, but, you know, usually, you know, we can get it closed up without having to redo an approval um, and, uh, you know, things will move along business as usual during these trying times. But I think overall, everybody is remaining positive. I am not seeing boats. And again, I'm not a broker, but I'm not seeing fire sale pricing. I'm not seeing people desperate to get rid of their boat. And uh, I think everybody's, this is not 2008, 2009. I think everybody knows that we will see this turn back into a positive way of life and life will go back to to normal for a lot of people. And unfortunately, you know, some of our favorite restaurants may not be around at the end of this. And we hope that we hope that they are. We hope everybody can wake up one day and this is all over with and it's back to 100 percent the way it was before. But but uh, I think everybody overall remains very confident. I would agree with that. That's kind of what I'm hearing from our loopers who are out there. Um, Cindy, kind of following up on a couple of points you made, you mentioned that no one has canceled their purchase. Has anyone, you know, perhaps who had a pre-approval had trouble getting that final approval or, uh, you know, the pre-approval is still as good as it ever was? Yes, everything is still as good as it ever was. And uh, um, nobody has has called to say, gee, this isn't going to work because I've, I've been laid off and I don't know if I'll go back to work. Uh, I, I have not had that kind of conversation other than just, you know, I'm going to be on pause because I can't travel to go look at boats. But nobody has said, I think I'm going to rethink this and maybe come back to it later or not at all. I think everybody's still making plans to buy boats and do the loop and, you know, enjoy their summertime. And as we know, the loopers have had to change their plans with the lock closures and now Canada being closed. Um, hopefully that'll open up by the time they get up in that direction. But, um, you know, people are being very adaptable. And I, I think that, um, you know, taking a pause is not a problem for people right now. And if they have to adapt or put it on hold for four to six months, four to six weeks, um, I think people are still very confident and, you know, they're ready to go out and do their boating adventures Maybe not in April and May, maybe maybe July before they get going. But right. I, again, I think everybody's very confident and very positive. Well, and actually, kind of on a, a side note for people who are comfortable, you know, traveling in different conditions, we've been talking for months now, years now, actually, about the Illinois Waterway lock closures that are coming up. And, you know, there's a group of loopers who is uh, the plan, their plan is to wait in the Chicago area until it opens, which is anticipated, you know, around November 1st. So, even if you're delayed right now, um, you know, even if you'd like to be moving north and are not yet, it, it still kind of fits into the, the pattern that works well with the loop. Because if you were going to be held up in Chicago until around November, 
that means you've got plenty of time to get there. So as right. this, uh, you know, the, the kind of pause that everyone's taking starts to resolve and people start moving more again, we'll start to address those issues because we certainly don't want you um, in northern Lake Michigan in late October still working your way towards Chicago. Um, so sure. like I said, we'll, we'll start to address those timing things uh, when we get closer, um, but there is, you know, it, there are some possibilities that delays right now could actually lend themselves well to the delay you're going to face on the Illinois waterway. And of course, we oh, I, go, go ahead. I agree. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. And, you know, I think in the big picture of things, having to, to delay something for a month or two is really not a big of a deal. You know, I think right. that, you know, a, a slight, a slight speed bump in, in the process is is not going to stop you from going boating. So, um, and, of course, and the one thing mm-hmm. we we've had such mild weather in February and March here in the Annapolis area that people have kind of been one step ahead. Normally, you know, we're still dealing. We usually had a March snowstorm and things got behind, and yet, yet this year surveyors kept surveying and, and boats were being launched and. Uh, yard work is getting done, so we're a little bit ahead of ahead of things here in in a lot of situations. So, you know, maybe having to take a pause for a month, and and we'll, we'll be back to where we normally were as far as timing and stuff goes. Yeah, and absolutely. Only time will open things up again. Yeah, and there certainly yeah. are some loopers yeah. who are planning at this and, point to put and off. And hopefully until... they won't be closed up for too long. So right, yeah, and and there certainly are some loopers who are planning to hold off at this point until next year um, to avoid some of the challenges. So. It, only time is going to tell where all of this kind of shakes out for loopers. But in the meantime, um, another point, Cindy, that you made is that, you know, surveys can still happen. Um, you do need to obviously confirm where there are boatyards open. Um, but for the most part, uh, the boatyards are big open spaces where you don't have to be in close contact. Um, and also, for the most part, they're small businesses. So I would like to put out there that if you can, um, this is a great time to go ahead with a survey. Um, and a purchase because first of all, um, the businesses need your support now more than ever. Um, but second, if there's some work you want to have done um, that needs to be done as a result of the survey, if some things turn up, uh, this is a great time to do that while things are kind of on pause anyway. So just a little bit of encouragement to keep supporting those small businesses that support the marine industry because we certainly want um, them to survive this so they can continue to provide the great services that they've been providing. Um, Absolutely. And I, I know some areas, the marinas are, are, you know, they're up to summer staff already and have hired people back and um, things are going great. And then in other areas, um, you know, the marinas, they don't have liveaboards and so they're not open. You know, they don't have liveaboards or they don't need to be providing water and electricity and fuel and things like that. So it's case by case. I guess everybody has to call and, and make their own arrangements. But I think... You know, I think everybody's trying to keep uh, business as usual when it's allowable. Yeah, and the, and the closures of marinas and then the subsequent reopening of marinas, primarily for liveaboards, um, you know, it seems to be an hour-by-hour hour change. So everybody's really got to do their research before you plan on moving the boat, know what your next stop is, you know, know when you'll need to take on fuel and make sure that that's going to be available. But for the most part, um, where we've seen government entities, whether it's a municipality, whether it's county, um, closing non-essential businesses. Some of them seem to initially include uh, a marinas in that kind of by default, meaning that they're listing exceptions that are essential businesses that can stay open. 
marinas typically uh, initially were not included in some of the places in Florida, and then the boating community was pretty successful in pointing out that, hey, not everybody is a weekend boater and a runabout. Um, some are living aboard, and the basic services are, you know, it's akin to shutting off somebody's water and sewer from their home if you're not allowing these boats to pull in for services. And that's been pretty successful, and I think as that rolls on, states and, and counties are mirroring their orders on what others have done. So we're seeing more and more that marinas that are offering the services that loopers need. So that's been great news. Um, mm -hmm. But many are sheltering in place, and that certainly is a recommended thing to do right now. So that, of course, brings questions and challenges for those who have insurance policies that require them to be further north for hurricane season. Um, so, Cindy, mm -hmm. I know insurance is not your exact area of expertise, but it cer certainly is tangent, and I know you're in contact with um, insurance experts all of the time. So any insight that you can share about how this is all working with people not wanting to or not being able to move as hurricane season starts to approach? Well, I think right now the calendar is on, on everybody's side because it's only April 1st. And we're hopeful that by June, you know, by May 1st, things are starting to move or marinas are opening up a little bit to allow people to head north. Uh, I think the best thing to do is check with your insurance agent, uh, particularly if you're in the Bahamas or you're on the Gulf side of Florida and you need to get through. I believe Okeechobee is closed, so you have to go around. Um, just need to, to keep in touch with your insurance agent. And the carriers realize the same thing. This isn't just loopers. This is a global situation. So, you know, these carriers are aware that boats plan to move, but they may not be able to move. You know, if you're down in the Caribbean, they're locked down. Uh, from what I understand, you know, don't even think about doing the transatlantic crossing because you may not be able to come into port. So it's it's a it's a global thing, and these carriers, you know, do business all over the U.S. and many of them all over the world. So I think it's just a good uh, good idea to keep in touch with your insurance agent and find out what the parameters are or find out what your plan B might be. Uh, I happen to have a, a boat I'm closing that's down in Tortola. Their plan was to close last week and leave to come back, and then everything hit. And they said, well, we're still going to take the boat, but we're not going to close till May, and we hope we can get a crew together to get it up to the States by uh, June 1st for hurricane season. If not, we will store it down there. And, you know, they're, they're, you have to make your plan B and, you know, know that we do have June. June will be there and know that um, – you might have to make another option to haul the boat and store it in Florida and, you know, make different plans. But, again, get with your insurance agent because they're the ones that really have the have the pulse on what's going on. I, I did reach out to a couple insurance agents yesterday, and they all said, you know, they're binding coverage. And other than people needing to be aware that if they're stuck in the Bahamas, they could have a problem. And we need to get special riders and things like that set up for them to be able to move when they can move. So it, it's, you know, it's individual case by case, depending on where the boat is, but check with your agent and I'm sure they'll be able to work something out for you. Right. And everyone understands these are extraordinary times. Um, uh -huh. My only experience with loopers trying to get riders is in the fall um, on the river system where perhaps they'd like to head south into hurricane zone while it's still 
the end of hurricane season. And you can usually do that for a, a pretty low cost if there's no named storms on the horizon and you want to proceed, you know, a week earlier than is typically scheduled. So um, talk to your insurance company. June 1st is the start of hurricane season, and it's when your policy typically wants you out of that area. But we don't typically see a lot of named storms, particularly strong storms, until well into July, August, September. So, uh, you know, living here in, in South Carolina where we are in the hurricane zone, we have a little bit more experience. And I know some of our lake boaters, um, it's, you know, panic time for hurricane season. And I completely understand that. But June 1st is not when you're going to get the strongest and most frequent storms. So just, you know, breathe like we're all trying to do through all of this uncertainty. Um, but your your insurance agent is the best person to contact for advice and how to get a rider and, and what to do with that. So that's okay. great advice, Cindy. And, and they, they do that. We've had many times where the boat's located in Florida and the boat's being closed after June 1st and needs to get out of Florida, needs to head north to where they're going. And they'll, they'll be able to issue some kind of a, you know, a special rider. And, and people need to be cautious and know where they can pull in if, if they do run into some bad weather or, um, you know, have, have a circumstance that they're not going to be able to leave in time. But, um, again, they, the insurance companies are willing to work with you. So, yeah. and, and there are Checking. thousands of boats that spend hurricane season in Florida every year because that's where they're right. reported. So it, it's possible the insurance costs a little more. Um, but even if you leave a little bit later, the, the costs should be pretty minimal. So just as we both said, just keep in touch with your agent. Cindy, any other thoughts about the market or any uh, tips you want people to know about uh, financing a boat right now? Well, we're, the lenders are lending and, you know, keep dreaming your dream. And, you know, we're out there to help you when you're ready. And, uh, you know, money's, money's cheap, and it may, may go down a little bit. Check in. You know, if you're still thinking about financing, check in with us and, and, and or your lender you work with. And, you know, we're, we're here to help out. But it's, uh, it's business as usual for us, and it, it's not 2008 where banks got very tight. I think the banks are still ready to do business and uh, ready to lend money. Excellent. That's great news, Cindy. Um, and for our listeners, Cindy, again, is with Sterling Associates. They are an AGLCA sponsor. So you can find Cindy and Sterling Associates on the greatloop.org website in the sponsor directory. Um, please support uh, them and all of our other sponsors during this challenging time, because as challenging as it is for all of us as families and individuals, it's also very challenging for these small businesses. So, Cindy, thanks for providing all that information today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. I hope everybody stays safe and healthy and uh, that all of this goes away in the next month or so and we're all back out on the water doing business as usual. Absolutely. We are hoping for that. Uh, to our listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. Mm-hmm.